0: Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you here. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in for Pete Callender, out making the American Dream, His Reality, here in our third hour live. And we, we appreciate you. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. I think you uh, wanted to call in about mask in uh, Mecklenburg County. Welcome.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Chad. If I can just get two points in before I get right back on hold. Um, I have two daughters that go to Providence High School and they are both totally unfixable at this point socially. Both of them don't want to go to school. They don't want to go into stores. Their whole world is social media. I mean, I've got both of them in therapy and I don't see that there's going to be any any fix for any of this. The fear that these children have today over a virus, a cold, a flu, however you want to sell it, It's just not right, and I can't see how that's going to get fixed anytime soon. And the second thing I just wanted to say briefly, I I believe, again, the the new world government, there was no way for them to bring the rest of the world up to our standards, but it's been very easy for them to drag us down to the rest of the world's standards. So I I fear for my children. I fear for what's coming. It's bad now. It's going to get worse. Your comments?
0: I have many. Hi. Well, Peter, I appreciate the call. And, and to Peter's point, I think he's raised several things that people like Joe Rogan and Bill Maher and others, the degree to which we have this addiction, especially in the under 30. And again, it, this isn't universal. It's a good chunk of change. I can tell you that when you're when you're when your daughter or son, or, you know, you see in high school and mine were years ago. When you see them, the 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 way in which that becomes an attachment, almost like a surgically implanted device that they eat, live and breathe on, they're doing their TikTok videos, they're on Snapchat. Wish I had invested in Snapchat when that first came about, but it is this hypersensitivity to what they find in their Reddit feeds, and we're consuming news in very hyper- minuscule ways. In other words, we're taking the news cycle and we're dividing it by a thousand different ways to where we can find the news and the, the, we 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 receive our news in the way we agree with things. In other words, man, I really like that. The, they the, What they say kind of agrees with my mindset anyway, so I want to watch them. And we don't spend a lot of time being critical. And when I mean critical, I don't mean being, being mean or yelling at people, which is what social media is a way to just do you, you can get obsessed. You can be humiliated. It can also be wonderful. If you have a sick relative, it can be great to to kind of let people know what's going on in your family. But the 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 way in which people hide behind anonymity, the way in which people just stir up crap, they just want to yell, they all of a sudden have a platform. You know, if you saw a crazy person walking down the street and and, and look, I'm I'm not even gonna worry what the cancel culture will do to me saying this. There's a crazy person walking down the street and yelling at everybody, you wouldn't listen to them. And you know that there's something going on there, but now we give them social media platforms and let these people scream and yell. And all of a sudden they feel much more relevant, like they've got something to offer. And maybe, just maybe, they lack the policy depth, they lack the experience, they lack the, the real understanding, and then they get into cheerleading and it becomes tribal. And then everyone's in their nice little tribe. And then you can start yelling and screaming at the other tribe because your tribe is right and their tribe is wrong. Instead of, Critically looking at, at your, your own belief structure and challenging one of the things that makes you so much stronger in people that are in either talk radio. I look, I'm a former elected official, I'm a former head of a company. I mean I've had, I've had lots of life experiences. I used to be at the John Locke Foundation. Had, I mean, I'm 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 blessed with so many opportunities in life. But you know, you constantly have to challenge your own belief system to be able to understand issues in a more profound way and and discuss them. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to have an ideology. You have a belief that we have a limited government, that we, that we should have a limited government. The Constitution is not something that just changes because you breathe on it. It is something that matters. And, and the freedom that we've helped to fight for, that <clears throat> has been paid for with blood because freedom's never free, that somehow, that somehow, we're willing to give that up to feel a little more safe. And we find that there is, on the left, there is a desire to reshape the country, to completely make this country into something that it was never designed to be, which is more of a socialist paradise. Because their, their view of socialism on the left is not that it's a terrible thing that killed millions of people. It's just that all those other people that did that, they just got it wrong. That's the only problem You know, when you listen to Bernie Sanders and these others and the people say, oh, he's a social democrat. He's not a socialist. Well, if you kind of look at the programs they want to bring forth and the limits they want to place on you as a consumer, even the way you get energy. The way you get energy, they want to make it so flippant expensive you can't afford it. And then that limits the amount of electricity you'll use. Or it's going to hurt the poor the most. Almost everything the Democrats do hurts the little guy the most. But I thought it was a good call. Now, to his other point, and I, I, I'm going to hate not getting this point right, because I was listening to him talk about the two girls. It's not just the uh, social media. I wish, anyway, it just, it just amazes me how other uh, how the left is trying to drag, that's what his point was, at the global level, they're trying to drag this country down, that the only way you can really, I guess, it's to deal with, and, and, and you think about all the degrees that people are getting with respect to social activists. He talked about his kids. His kids, with all of that social media, will be fine social activists one day. And I hope that they they, they can learn the value of a hard day's work. They can learn the value of uh, learning what they, what they want to accomplish on this planet while they're on it in the short time that we're here. But there is kind of this desire to put America in its place. Many other countries would like to do that, to, to flatten things out. And if you had to live now, I think he made a very valid point. And here's where I'll ask you. I, one of the things when I travel, when I travel, I love to go to the, the, the closest grocery store. If I'm in, in, in Ecuador, if I'm in, in New Zealand or wherever I am, Israel, I want to see what the local grocery stores look like. If ever you want to see the, the extent to which your country is free, walk in a grocery store. Because capitalism is alive and well in a grocery store. Just walk down the cereal aisle, and you cannot believe the number of cereal choices you have today versus 10, 20, 50 years ago. The the massive expression of the free market system is there alive and well in grocery stores where you can get products from all over the planet Earth. You even have different brands of exotic foods in your grocery store. You can get dragon fruit. The point I'm making there, walk through your grocery store today, and I know you see it. Don't your grocery stores and your larger item stores, when you're walking through, don't you notice the shelves aren't quite right? The shelves aren't as full. There aren't as many choices. You go to the freezer section, there's whole sections that are empty. I don't care. I have gone. I went to probably four grocery stores this week. It's an instant snapshot of how rough things are. It's an instant snapshot. And then you think to yourself, what caused all of this? And what really caused all of this? was the lockdowns. You can't take a free market, capitalistic-based society and just crush it and shut down business and industry and shut down the ability for things to get from point A to point B, make it more difficult to get products into the country. It's interesting. It's easier for people to get across the southern border than it is to bring a product into this country and sell it. Think about that. Let that one sink in for a minute. Our southern border is an absolute bleep show. It is. It's a mess. And we act like it's fine. And there's still ships sitting off the coast of California you can't get in. It didn't go away. Just because Pete Buttigieg took a break had a baby, it didn't change. And that's to to his point and I appreciate, you know, his phone call because the gentleman is correct. Dean. Uh, you know what Dean? I I want to get you in. And and I don't I tell you we can float this break a little bit. So Dean, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you, Chad? I'm fantastic. Hey, I wanted to
2: ask you before. I wanted to get into about this oil and gas thing and the- the pricing and everything of what's been done. But you were talking about the social media. And I just wondered, with all your experiences and all, you know, your, uh, every, all the different places that you've been associated with, how, how do you tell the difference between, you know, not so much uh, you know, what they're saying, but how they're saying it? Because uh, when I listen to the sound bites on Rogan, I walk away with that he's a guy that's, you know, puts his success first. And it'll say what it whatever it takes. So how do you define, you know, I guess you know, what is rhetoric and what is, you know, what you can really digest?
0: That's a great question. I and and I I know you wanted to talk about gas prices, and if you want to stay yeah. through the break, we'll do that. I'd love to have you yeah. on the, the next segment to talk about gas prices. Very quickly before we go to the break, with respect to social media, the first thing you do is you have to understand how you believe. What are the things you believe that you hold to be truths based on your your what you read, your research? Challenge some of those assumptions. Because often you'll find that if you can find new sources that challenge your assumptions, you get it makes you stronger because you know the argument for the other side. Welcome back folks. Glad to have you here, Chad. Adams, sitting in for my good buddy, Pete Callender. Ryan, making me sound like I know what the heck I'm doing. Pleasure to be here at WBT News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Call in number 704-570-1110. We had with us, I think Dean was still with us, but I want to get to Dean's point about, okay, Chad, so all this crap's out there. How do you figure out what the heck to read? And and Dean, here's what I would tell you. It's a little bit of a challenge because there is so much bias. We know different, like we we can say Fox News has a bias to the right. I think they do a great job with news. We know that CNN has a bias to the left, MSNBC. A lot of the three-letter news agencies also have a bias to the left. You see it in the way they report things. What I would say, when you're online, go to the sites that have a lot of news put together from a lot of different sources. And they usually do a good job. You can identify who's left and who's right. The real clear politics, the real clear markets, real clear science, health, energy, those sites put together a lot of information so that it's easy to kind of see where things are going. But understand your own your own bias, but also your own philosophies. That's important, too. And a lot of people, they really don't know, and then they just say things because they're angry. They don't like Donald Trump, so they say, oh, Donald Trump's the devil. And they don't really look at policies. They don't really look at, at those kind of things. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. very good. Thank okay. you. Yes. Well, Dane, well, you had a question about gas prices, too. So what was your point yeah. about gas prices? Now,
2: just tell me if these are just random dots or whether, you you know, there's something more to it. But I remember when Biden, the very first thing, it seemed like the very first news story after he got elected president was to shut down the pipeline, you know? Yes. The Canadian pipeline and everything. The Keystone, the key, we keystone just, pipeline. On our, on, yeah, on our, on our uh, road to, to energy independence and everything was good. Now, all of a sudden, the news stories are that... You know, uh, oil's at eighty dollars or ninety dollars, and it's going to go to one hundred and twenty if the Russian-Ukraine yep. thing flares up. And you know, and I'm sure Russia is is probably immensely happy about the price of oil going up. You know, when they're rattling their swords because uh, they need all the money they can get. But does, is uh, you, you know, do you think this is random, or in some way, you know, is there an end game to this?
0: Well, this is interesting. I, I, I'm i not as much a. I love a good conspiracy theory, don't get me wrong. I love reading about Roswell in 1947 or, you know, the Kennedy conspiracy. There's a lot of conspiracy. There's plenty of them today, more so than we've ever had before. You know, the gray alien people and all that flat earthers. I love it. That doesn't mean they're no, true. No,
2: the a- aliens are for real. Just let me chat. I just wanted to.
0: Get there off. you go. Thank really. you. I appreciate that. And and who knows? Uh, who am I to judge? Now, what I will yes. say about the energy prices, the the energy prices, we were energy independent. We were. And that doesn't mean that everything we produce, we consume. It means that on balance, if you look at the totality of what we were producing on the global markets, on the on those fuel markets, whether it be natural gas, petroleum, whatever the products were, we were a net exporter of those products. So in the global market, if worst case scenario, we could supply ourselves if we had to. Now, when you have a war against, when it's a climatological, and you've made everyone afraid that you're going to have an ice age, excuse me, we're going to have drought, pestilence, and famine, because that's new in human history. Actually, it's not. But when you can make people have a sense of the end of the planet is near, and then you have these policies that make energy much more expensive, you can't be surprised. You know, it's funny. The Biden administration has intentionally made it more difficult to get products, more difficult to refine fuels, more difficult to get. I mean, even when Jen Socket the other day was asked about leases on natural gas because uh, not just natural gas, but others, the federal lands, they said, well, there's still plenty of leases. They should drill where they are. Well, there's no there's no product there. That's why they're not drilling there. They know where the product is. And if we're going to have a smooth transition, if you really believe and buy into all this green stuff, then you have to believe there's a transition to it. You don't just stop everything and then dump it because you'll, you'll hurt the middle class, the poor, the most. $4, $5 a gallon gas hurts them the most. And, and, I, and these policies, I, I, they don't seem yeah, to care.
2: I, I agree with you totally because that, that sounds like a conspiracy. And, you know, if you, if you do believe in capitalism and the natural thing, eventually we will transition. To whatever form of energy is best for us, but it sounds, it you know, it,
0: it it's it's sound not sound very cons- healthy. No, it's. I don't think it's a conspiracy because we know what they're doing. There's, there's no attempt to hide what they're doing. They're putting it out there in plain sight to examine. There, they are trying to crush the utilization of anything fossil fuel related. I mean, even in North Carolina, you look at this giant windmill initiative. Why aren't we engaged in building more nuclear facilities that we know can provide? Plenty of energy for everyone out there in our state, but instead we're trying to do these big, expensive, bird-killing Cuisinarts and put them offshore and, and call it wind energy. And and are the net of, are the net benefits there yet? They may be one day. They're not there yet. And I was in Dominican not long ago, and I was amazed at these giant windmills in the middle of nowhere, Dominican on this beautiful tropical island. And and those windmills, they had them all over the place. They were just for the the areas these adversely impacted, these poverty areas. These giant windmills to provide enough electricity for. You know, ten houses at a time. It was just unbelievable. So I, I appreciate your call, Dean, and I, I think you're spot on. And uh it, it it is a serious problem because energy where energy prices go, that's a it destroys the economies. You make the cost of production go up, you make the prices go up. That's why we're seeing not just the all the stimulus, you can't pump that much money and then not have an inflationary response. You can't pump that you can't uh try to, to declare war on your energy sources and then think things are gonna get cheaper, they're not. Welcome back, folks. It's been an honor to be here. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in for Pete Callender, pursuing the American dream. Because he let a lot of us know. He's fine. He's doing fine. He'll be back in a couple days. And it's an honor and pleasure to sit here at the microphone for WBT News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Follow him on social media at WBTR, well, WT Radio at WT, WBTR, A-O-D-I-O. So, again, you want to get in on the conversation, 704-570-1110. Seven zero four, you know your area code. Five seven zero eleven ten. Five seven zero eleven ten. You want to be a part? They'll put you right on. The guys will just make it happen. So, uh, love to have you as a part of here. Now, a couple of things to mention. I will get back to the wind power thing because that's a. It's happening in North Carolina. It's a contentious, rather contentious issue. Markets are off, I mean, the inflation numbers today, a, 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 an absolute train wreck of, of a number. It Was supposed to be around seven two seven three, it ended up being 7.5, five. That inflation number way higher than even the most negative naysayers out there thought it would be it was worse. So the markets have reacted. They've recovered a little bit of their losses. They were New York Stock Exchange was over 500 points down. It's now at 463, NASDAQ off, all of them off about a point, point and a half. Well, actually, NASDAQ, S&P, Dow Jones, all about a point and a half negative territory today on those wonderful inflation numbers. And I mean that satirically, obviously. And, and, and to boot, if you look at this, is from the New York Post, <laughs> President Biden's approval rating has dropped below 40% for the first time since he took office. This is an average. So, if you go to Real Clear Politics, you look at the Real Clear Politics average. So, it takes all of them, it takes the uh, Gallup, all the different polls that are out there, and looks at them and says, So, it even includes the MSNBC ones and the NBC ones and the usually somewhat friendly polls to the political left. So, if you look at the amalgamation of these, he's below 40% on average across the board. Real clear politics average at all recent national surveys found that 39% of Americans approve of his performance. That's dismal. It's your first year in office. You had a little bit of a honeymoon. This is a an absolute ref- reflection of what's happening. Now, how many of you, if you backed out of your driveway and every day you either hit your mailbox or you, know, you hit your neighbor's mailbox, if you did it every day, if you did it every day, it's one thing to do it once, but imagine you do it every day you would really stop and change. In other words, if you drove the car in the same exact spot and hit the same exact thing, you would change that behavior. You would say, well, I need to turn the wheel a little bit more this way, move the mailbox, there's a thousand different things I can do, I'm not going to hit it again. Conversely, if you were in a construction site and you're using a hammer and you're hitting nails and you hit your finger every flipping time you swing that hammer, you're going to change course. You're going to okay, I'm doing something wrong. Let me learn how to do this right. The Biden administration at every, at every turn continues to run into their own mailbox. They continue to smash their own hand with a hammer. And then rather than say, you know what, this really isn't working, they want to blame. Remember, meat prices are going up. It's the meat producer's fault. Gas prices are going up. Oh, it's the oil company's fault. They're gouging you. Not that it's harder to get their product in, harder to refine it, harder to get it, harder to obtain it here in this country, that every, every possible way that John Kerry and the czar people can make life more difficult than they do. Never mind that. Oh, it's all someone else's fault. Ah, not my fault. Your fault. Someone else's fault. Those pesky Germans, maybe I don't know that. But they always project these things on other people, and it's really hard to. And, and the beauty of this is, most Americans know. I mean, when you have approval ratings like this, this is a guy smashing his hand with a hammer. Now a lot of people would say, "Hey, Joe Biden's not running things. President's not running things. His name's on the on the nameplate." Now, he's got a group of people calling the shots, and this is not the Joe Biden that he once was. Even that one was a little lost in headlights in the 80s and 90s and early. I mean, he always had Joe Bidenisms. The Hunter story still still tracking him. The Hunter Biden and the Burisma and all of those connections and money to the big guy and all that stuff you hear on a thousand other radio shows. All of that is a serious problem. It's a boat anchor dragging him. Their economic policy is a boat anchor. The southern border is a boat anchor. The Ukrainian situation, the best thing to hope for there is a push, which means the Russians don't do anything. That's the best. But clearly, the Russians weren't afraid. The Chinese are not afraid to be flying military sorties over Taiwan. They're not. The North Koreans are not afraid to be launching plenty of missiles. The Iranians are not afraid to reopen their nuclear testing program because this is the the view of this particular president. Even look at the Chinese Olympics. I don't know how many people are watching those. You, know, you flip through the channels, you're like, hey, somebody's sliding down a hill. Hey, they're pushing those really pretty little rocks on whatever. Make them spin around curling. But by and large, the, the stories of this Olympics, they are dismal. The ratings are dismal. The propaganda of the country and the way we do business with them is, become, is becoming more of an embarrassment every day. So anyway, with Biden's political averages, after holding above 50% in his first months, Biden's rating began to plunge last August. Chaotic and deadly withdrawal from Afghanistan, also a nightmare. His popularity has dropped below that of his predecessor, Trump, whose approval rating sank to 40%. According to real clear politics, so he's in worse shape than Trump even got to. And remember the hatred of Trump—that was, I mean, it was from inside. It was everywhere. The 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 you had every news station across the board, nearly going after the president, and his family. You had uh, it's so many political things after him and against him. This president's had a friendly media. This president has been given so many passes that even the media itself's embarrassed of its own coverage. I mean, CNN's in free fall, but it's been there for a while. The Biden administration also struggling to pass legislative agenda. Now, question for you. Do you think any of that's going to pass? Now, really, objectively speaking, if you're a Democrat out there, do you want him to come to your rally? Of course you don't. You think Roy Cooper, I mean, even though he's a lame duck governor now, do you think Roy Cooper wants Biden snuggled up next to every Democrat in the state? We do. Anyone on the right, please invite him down. Come on. A Biden rally. I don't know. 25, 30 people might show up. Heck, if you have Kamala come down to give a speech, you might have, I don't know, eight, nine, ten. They're so inspiring right now. They're so inspiring. <laughs> it's kind of a joke. I actually compare Biden to the, the Seven Dwarfs. You know, you got Sneezy and Dopey, and yeah, you've got all of them just lined up there. Grumpy, <laughs> Uncle Joe, any form of the Seven Dwarfs. You'd have to rename a few of them. <sighs> it's just one of those things. And then when you add to this, the annual inflation rate hit 7.5%, highest rate since February of 1982. And then, on the heels of that, you look at the fact that they can't make up their mind up on the mask mandate stuff, that they can't just rescind it. They know that's working against them. And now you have U.S. truckers planning protest convoy, perhaps starting in L.A. for Super Bowl, DHS. Department of Homeland Security. Now, I want you to think about that. Why would the Department of Homeland Security be afraid of truckers protesting? You remember a lot of warnings from DHS about, I don't know, Black Lives Matter, riots. Do you remember Department of Homeland Security warning you about the autonomous zone up in Seattle? Do you remember all those warnings? No, you don't. DHS warning you that U.S. truckers are planning a protest convoy. Their trucks, freedom of speech, run that convoy. By the way, this just in Nevada, state of Nevada has ended their mask mandates. They've also ended it for schools. They did it in one fell swoop. You can have it. You can do it. Not required. We're done. Attention, Governor Cooper. Attention, Governor Cooper. You can do things like that, too. You can help work with the legislature, or you don't even have to. Just get rid of it. Stop. We're moving in the right direction. It's much better now. Have some personal responsibility. Uh, we do have with us, though, we do have, uh, I believe, Brian. Brian wanted to ask about the, there's something called a Super Bowl this weekend. I think that's what he's wanting to talk about. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, man. How are you doing today, sir? I'm relatively okay. Oops. Not unwell, thank you. I'm peachy, flippin' keen.
1: Yeah, man, I'm excited about the Super Bowl halftime show, man. I'm telling you, you got Snoop Dogg, you got Dr. Dre, you got Eminem, you got Mary J. Blige. Think you're going to watch it or you think you're going to go get the –
0: You got – hey, wait, you left out Kendrick Lamar. You left out Kendrick Lamar. Brian? Sorry? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't mention Kendrick Lamar also. Kendrick Lamar is going to be on oh, that halftime Kendrick, show.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a young guy. I, I, I forget about the young guys. But, yeah, Kendrick You forget <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, old, I mean... Man. I'm kidding about the
1: young guy. Yeah, him, him too, yeah. There, not, there's I'm a concert. Real, I'm not really... Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really know his music that much.
0: Well, me neither. So I'm, I'm not going to say that. It just happens to be on the list. But I tell you what, it's, it's a concert with a football game on either end. How's that?
1: Yeah, well... Does that I mean, make sense? I, for I, the want s- the Bengals, I, I want the Bengals to win. I want them to smash the Rams. And, and I want to see a great halftime show. I just wanted to say that on air. That's
0: all, man. Thank you. Huh. Well, you uh, you know what? That's what's great about the timely, topical reality of radio, talk radio. A station like this, you know, a station that a legacy station that's been around for a long time and makes a difference. Your go-to place. Here, at WBT News Talk 1110 and 993 WBT. Again, you want to get on the conversation with the few minutes we have left. I'll be back tomorrow, by the way. If you don't reach me today, feel free to call in tomorrow. Ryan's been doing a fantastic job. Appreciate. And all the folks at WBT making this an easier process. You want to call in today at 704 570 1110. 704 570 1110. Calendar, to having some fun. Well, I don't know how much fun you're having when you're going through closing on a house and stuff, but, uh, I'm glad Pete's doing well. He, he, he weathered the storm of COVID. Now he's weathering the storm of a home purchase. Now, here in North Carolina, just to give you a – we talked about energy a little bit. I don't want to go into this too long because I'll lose track of time. But this is from the News & Observer just yesterday. Offshore wind having a moment with demonstration turbines off Virginia's coast. And two large projects in the Northeast set to begin construction in North Ghana. Offshore wind advocates are watching those developments carefully, pushing the officials to capture this moment, use it to shape an energy future that significantly reduces emissions because that's what it's about. Now, they could have spent a lot more time, effort, energy on nuclear, which also it's hot water. That's the byproduct of of nuclear power. It's hot water. And we can deal with that central to the effort are two areas. The U.S. Bureau of Ocean Energy Management has identified the first 24 nautical miles off of Kitty Hawk has been leased to Ivan Grid, the American part of a Spain-based renewable energy developer, and the other about 15 miles south-southeast of Bald Head Island is expected to be leased this summer. Now, those will be possible. We're talking about 700 feet tall. These these wind turbines are huge. Um, they are They are very controversial. I want to tell you that the folks down here or in that part of the state, uh, Southport in that area, they're looking at this. There's the no drill, baby, no drill, no drill, even though we have some gas, for, uh, you know, we have a natural gas offshore. No, 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 don't drill. They can't drill, can't drill. But they're all for the wind energy development, all for these massive turbines to be built right off the coast. Heavily subsidized, very expensive. They don't make cheap energy. And when the wind's not a-blowing, they're not producing it. There is a nuclear plant here. They do have room to actually put another reactor down here in that part of the state. So we'll see. It's amazing how much time House Bill 951 signed into law by Governor Cooper after negotiations between the administration, and the General Assembly requires Duke Energy to craft a plan to cut emissions at least 70 percent from 2005 levels by 2030. I don't think they're going to hit that. They would if they went nuclear, but it takes so long to create a nuclear plant. It shouldn't. You may you can scale these things down now and be much more tactical about nuclear power. There's so much they can do, but this is where Duke actually Duke's going to make a killing on this between the subsidies and between they can charge us whatever it is to make it a big expensive energy. Do you think your bill is going to get cheaper? Remember Texas last year? Do you remember? Do you remember when the when the storm came and 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 all of those windmills froze up? And those people started freezing in Texas, and all the lefts are, oh, it's global warming caused the winter to be worse. No, no evidence of that. There's just no evidence that that's true. People scream it's not true. Just saying it doesn't make it true. But the windmills didn't work. So even though the wind was a blow the electricity wasn't being made, and they went into free fall. And most everything now, there's several articles about this. You can go back to Real Clear Politics or Real Clear Markets and look at it. But th- they're even saying, a year later, we now know... Most everything that was, that was detrimental and hurt people and caused all that was government-produced-made policy. It was just a bad, bad series of poorly executed event, uh, judgments that created a nightmare in Texas Energy's world. Because, again, it's, if you really are concerned about producing power for everyone, you want to make cheap, abundant energy. That's what drives an economy like this. It's, a, it's, it's what drives an economy in the U.S. It, it's amazing. But you have to make cheap, affordable energy. If you don't, the cost of energy goes at the cost of everything. Good and service related to that has to go up. And if you have unreliable, this is the problem with solar and wind. Not against me. Oh, Chad, you're against it. It's like saying I'm against vaccines. I'm not. I'm against mandating things. I'm against mandating power. Mandating that they go and produce it with wind and solar, which is unreliable at best. Here's the problem. And it's simple. It's never discussed because a lot of times in news media you got two or three minutes and you can talk about the big, pretty windmills, the things that chop up birds and endangered species, or you can talk about solar. Which, when you build a solar farm, you have to you have to clear cut everything, you have to destroy the habitat of every animal that could have possibly lived there, every tree. You're getting rid of everything. Squirrels, everything gone wherever you have a solar facility. But here's the problem: when that and, and W, if you want to WRL, the largest news station in the state, in the central part of the state, in Raleigh. If they have a solar farm, and if you go, you can look at it online and you can see when it's cloudy, it's not producing. When it's dark, it's not producing. So here's the problem. When the wind's not a-blowing and the sun's not a-shining, those facilities don't produce electricity. So you must. And people say, well, you can put batteries on them. They don't produce enough electricity. Even to store batteries, they don't, they don't produce more than you can use. Maybe in some isolated spots. But here's the, here's the issue, and it's never discussed in news media. For that to work, you have to have a 24-7 reliable component like a nuclear plant or a cold fire generator. You have to have the ability to produce power 24-7 because when it's dark at night, if you're relying on solar power to, to heat your house or in the middle of summer, middle of the day, if you've got about a wind power, you want to turn your AC down and it's not the wind's not a blowing, well, that's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. And and so that's the problem when we talk about this. I don't want to get a global warming puts people to sleep. I don't want you to drive off the road. You're listening to WBT. You're listening to Calendar Show. I'm just a guest host. I'll be back tomorrow. I love doing this. WBT, greatest family of folks you can work with in radio today, absolutely in North Carolina. But I just want you to think through these things. Don't you don't have to be against them, but ask tough questions. Much more to go as always. Getting ready right here to Winterbull Show next. I'll be back bright and early tomorrow here filling in for Calendar. My name's Chad Adams. Do Falls at WBT. Make sure you get involved. Stay tuned and read. Have a great day, folks.